0: Hi, Dad. Hey there. How are you today? I'm doing fine. That's wonderful. I went to see my good, my favoritist pastor preach today.
1: You did? Okay. Yeah.
0: The, the guy I told you about here in homer He's in, he's in Louisiana. He's this little guy uh, named Michael Kinney. And uh-huh. uh, he has got a church that pretty much is like empty. There's like 10 people left in the church. Right. And he preaches like a hammer,
1: you know, <laughs> just
0: like a hammer when he's preaching God's word. And I and he and he jumps and he dances for the Lord and he does not care, you yeah. know. And uh, I mean, he's just a no holds barred uh, man of God. And man. today um, and 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 he never shut his church down, of course, he never shut down. He, they didn't miss a single Bible study they didn't miss a wednesday night or a thursday nothing you know he he just kept right on going like like nothing was going on
1: That's you know very, yeah
0: and uh and today he uh he was standing up there preaching and he started talking about the things that we you know, sometimes we're so busy with the world. The Lord is calling us to prayer and we know the Lord's calling us to prayer and to say, yeah, but I got to get this done. And then I got to get this done. And, and, and you know, and, and Lord, I'm going to do it right after I do this. And, and you know, then I got to get a shower and, you know, then I got Bible study and, you know, and I, and I got all these other things to do. And I say lord i'm I'm going to get to it, I'm going to get to it and he and he stood up there and he just started crying, and he held his hands out and he said, "How can I tell him no? Yeah, when he's standing there holding his hands out, he's holding his arms out, he just wants to spend time with me, he loves me. How can we say no? How can we say later? yeah, how can we push him away? you know, and there's just something about. And when he was doing that, I, I, I realized, you know, I, I, I was, you know, he's got a very, he he has a very intimate relationship with God. We're all different. Every one of us, all all of God's children are different. And We all, I believe to some degree, we all have a different and unique relationship with God because we're all different and unique and God doesn't treat us all the same. We're not cookie cutter. Yes. If if God had wanted us to be cookie cutter, then he would have made us all look the same. Yep. You know? And 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 he did not. So uh I mean we would look like a school of fish, honestly. That's <laughs> right. Um if he if if that's the way that God wanted it. Um and so he made each of us unique and we are wonderfully and fearfully created. And I I uh I loved the intimacy that he has with God. I, I love the fact that he stood there and he looked at all of us and he said, how can we say no? Yeah. When, when God wants to spend time with us, when he's saying, come and spend time with me, come and talk to me, you know, just, just sit there in prayer and be quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, how can we say no? Yeah. you know, I, I, here's, here's my bad habit. My bad habit is that when I go kneel down to pray, I bring my cell phone with me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and even though it's, it's, it's blacked out, you know, and sitting to the side, it's going to ding, 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 ding. Somebody will text me, right. Some, you know, something's going to happen. Right. And then in the back of my mind, even though I'm saying, I'm going to keep praying, I'm going to keep praying in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about that text. Yeah. Or I'm thinking about that email. I'm, You know, my mind is drawn away from the place of my heart with God.
1: And that does that to everybody.
0: It does. And I believe that's one of the reasons why Satan is so big on all these, you know, devices that we have is that as long as we have that device around us, we are distracted and, and, that's really all satan wants is for for those of us who really have a heart for god his his best hope is just distract us
1: yeah
0: he he just needs to distract us and if he can just distract us he can keep us from getting to the place with god where god wants us to be where we're walking in holiness and in power and uh and so i wanted to share with my family tonight what i saw in brother kenny was that Brother Kenny has come to a place of passion with the Lord. Of, you know, he covets, he, 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 he is zealous for his time with God. All right. And, and every one of us should be that way. I know I started out um, getting up at four in the morning every single day. And that, and that first hour, hour and a half was just me and the Lord. In his word, whatever was left, I'd pray. And it was just me and the Lord, me and the Lord. And then the laptop was in front of me. And so I'd sit down and I'd check my email first. Okay, no email, good to go. And I would spend time with the Lord. right? And then I would check a couple apps on my phone. Hmm. And then I might even answer an email or two or three. And then I might get a sheet of paper because my mind is churning about the things I got to get done today. So I'm now going to make a bullet point list of all the things I need to get done today during the time when I'm supposed to be spending my time with God. Yep. And pretty soon, my time went from that hour and a half or two hours of the first part of my day, that time went from, from that dedicated tithe of my day to God down to, okay, God, now, now is your 15 minutes. This is your 15 minutes with me. You better make all you can of it because, you know, I'm a busy man. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I was, I was, I was convicted. I was, I was really, I was convicted by that, that we are too busy. We're too busy for God. Even, even during this time of the COVID crisis, where where you know I've had I've had more time, I've had more time on my hands during during these last couple of months than I've had in years. Yeah, but I have filled up that time with other things, and uh, you know I, I'm I'm just. I'm thankful. I'm so thankful. You know, the word asks us when when Jesus returns to the earth, will he find faith? Yeah. Will he find faith on the earth? And, and, and here's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that there are still, there are still mighty men and women of faith on the earth. And that, and that, and that, that in exposing me to them, that I still have a teachable heart, that my heart hasn't gotten so callous that it can't learn a lesson. That's good. You know, and and that's and that's one thing I would encourage us all to pray for uh, diligently all the time, as long as you live. Never stop praying for this. Keep praying for this all the days of your life and pray to god and say lord please give me a teachable heart please don't ever let my heart be not teachable give me a teachable heart a heart that's quick to learn a lesson a heart that's quick to repent a heart that's desperately desirous of turning to you especially when it finds that it's lost its way so tonight we're in Matthew chapter
1: 19. I thought we finished last night on 18. Where, where were you at when you uh, heard the, your, this pastor? Were, are, I, you in, are you in Louisiana? I
0: am, yeah. I thought
1: you were, okay. Yep, he preaches
0: in Houma, Louisiana. He sure yes. does.
1: Okay. So,
0: Father, thank you for this opportunity for us to come together. Thank you so much. For the faithful, the faithful remit that is still meeting and providing us the opportunity to come and praise you, to worship you, to see those who truly, truly walk without fear in our love for you, Lord. I I think there's just been too much focus over the last few decades, in the last couple few generations that when we accept Jesus, that we decide to go live for him, that we decide to go live for our Lord Jesus Christ. But that was never, that is not what it is, Lord. When we accept our Lord Jesus Christ, we are accepting him to go die for him. And if we had that straight in our hearts, we would not be afraid of anything. And I ask you, Lord, that that, message would be flipped on its head that we would turn it around and that the body of Christ would rise up bold as lions bold as lions and ready to die for our Lord Jesus Christ as we read your word tonight I ask that it would live and breathe in us that it would be alive take deep root in our hearts that you would open up our eyes and open up our ears Holy Spirit, you are always most welcome. Please come and teach us. I honor you. The pulpit is always, always yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And it came to pass. And when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee, and he came into the coast of Judea, beyond the Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. Great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. He healed who? The multitudes. The multitudes. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and he said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. And they too, they twain, they too shall be one flesh you know i believe that if every couple in the world understood what that means if they fully had a revelation of what that means that despite whatever differences that anybody has there would never be divorce again right there would never ever be another divorce because what god has put together no man should separate and here's the thing when we truly understand that god has put us mm-hmm. together then our hearts get an adjustment our minds get an adjustment and we understand that whatever the character is in our spouse that we don't like that it 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 might just be it might just be the counteracting character that god put in our life to put in our life in order to cultivate the man or the woman that he wants us to be. See, the reason why we, we, we rise up against the, the character traits that we don't like in our spouse is, is because we are not committed to allowing those things to change us. No, we want our spouse to change. We want our spouse to change to suit what we think is right. But the right way, the way that God put this together is that we are the ones that should change to suit the characteristics of our spouse. Even if, if our spouse is obnoxious, then maybe God wanted to teach us patience. If if our spouse is unforgiving, then maybe God wanted to teach us to forgive despite anything. Maybe if your spouse is an angry person, maybe God wanted to teach you to be peaceable. And if your spouse is selfish, then maybe God wanted to teach you to be giving and and i'm more sure than maybe i'm i'm more sure than maybe because god has opened my eyes to show me that that my that that my spouse is my counterweight and and i know that everybody on the call is not an engineer but here's what a counterweight is when you see a crane it's traveling along it's a crane it's got this big long boom sticking way out there and then it's got a rope coming down and it can pick up these giant heavy weights you know and you think you would think you would think that that big long boom sticking out there when it's picking up weight it would just tip the crane over right crane would just fall over on its nose but it doesn't that's right you know why because it has a counterweight behind the cap that's right there's a counterweight there and that counterweight is what stabilizes the crane.
1: Also, also that crane operator has to know how far out he can go. He knows how, he's got to know how far he can boom and how much weight he can lift. That's right. If he doesn't, he's in trouble.
0: That's right. And the same thing will happen in our marriage. The same thing will happen in our marriage. What we should be more, what what we shouldn't be, consec- we shouldn't be so focused on the load and more focused on our capability to carry the load Yeah. and and how we're handling the load. And, and here's even what's more important, our position when we take on the load, our position, the position that we're in. See, if that crane is reaching flat out as far as it can, it can't pick up very much weight. No, but if right. that crane comes right up next to the load and has its boom straight up, boy, it can pick up a lot of weight. That's right. It can carry insane amounts of weight, crazy amounts of weights. Okay, and 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 that is what we have to look at in our marriages. That we have to say, okay, in this relationship, I should be less concerned about the burden, and I should be more concerned about how can I carry this load, Lord? How can I carry this, Lord? How can I adjust who I am, where I am, and the place that I'm standing? in order to carry this load it is our own selfishness our desire to make other people be who we want them to be that causes the friction in our marriages what does James say he says why do you have bickering and fights it's your own selfish desires and that is exactly true in our marriages Everything that is a conflict between us is our own selfish desires. It is because we have not recognized the fact that God has made us one flesh and we have not dedicated ourselves to a selfless life that honors that covenant and that melding of the one flesh. We hold back things for ourselves. We keep back things for ourselves. We draw lines in the marriage. We put walls up between different areas. And it shouldn't be that way. It's not supposed to be that way. That is not the way that God created marriage to be. They say unto him, they said unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? So they answered him back, and they're like, okay, smart guy. Then how come we have divorce certificates? Huh? How come we have divorce certificates if nobody's supposed to get divorced? If everybody's one flesh, then how come there's a piece of paper that says, this is annulled? That paper is, that paper says, this marriage never happened it's an annulment and this is what jesus answers he said unto them moses gave you that option because of the hardness of your hearts so he suffered you to put away your wives otherwise and, and i'm i'm paraphrasing now. now that was the end of what jesus said he says let me let me finish verse 8 and then i'll then i'll say my part He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. Right. And when was the beginning? The beginning was the Garden of Eden. Right. From the beginning, it was not so. In other words, Jesus is saying, look, Moses went and he cried out to God to keep God from destroying every single one of you. Do you not understand that? That that man went and he stood in the gap for the entire nation of israel that he begged god not to willfully destroy every last one of them because that is exactly what god was going to do and so when moses made the laws he curbed everything he could he contended with god and tried to find an area in the middle or to the edge for all the people of Israel because they were so hard hearted and so stiff necked and so Moses negotiation with God was let me have a letter of divorcement lord and let me make laws about this letter of divorcement lord and and you know what lord If a man gives his wife a letter of divorcement, he's never to talk to her again. He's never to approach her. He's never to look upon her. He's not supposed to go visit the children. If the children are with her, he forfeits his right to be involved in that child's life. It is a cut-off thing. If that man decides to cut her off, he is cut off. And even though that was not God's perfect will... That was God's permissible will. Yes. See, there are two ways that we can go in our lives. We can go through our lives negotiating for everything and trying to be in God's permissible will. We can say, yeah, Lord, you know, I'd like to obey you on that, but how about if I just do this? You know, God loves us so much, so much. Many, many times, I, I believe even most of the time, He will give grace to allow you to be in his permissible will. But if you want all that God has for you, if you want all of God's blessings, if you want to walk in health and you want to walk in, 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 you want to walk in, in the blessings and everything that the Lord has for you, if you want to walk in the fullness of everything that the Lord has for you, then you will strive to be in his perfect will all the time. I will tell you, it is a lifelong task and you will miss it a lot more than you don't miss it. You will beat yourself up a lot. You will reflect on the things that you've done and said a lot and you will be disappointed in yourself, a lot. But if you are dedicated to being and walking in God's perfect will, there will be times in your life, there will be times in your life where just for a fleeting moment, or maybe a day or a week or a couple of days here or there, or even, I mean, a couple of weeks, or you might even get a really good run and you got a month or so that you are just hitting on all cylinders and you are walking in God's perfect perfect will. You are just synced up with God. Man, when you're praying you hear God. When you kneel down to pray, the second your knees hit the ground, God starts speaking to you. You you are obedient to God. Everything is going right. And then Satan shows that's up when he chose that's when he shows up the most and that's when he brings the big guns see because when you're walking in God's perfect will his little guys his little guys they, they bounce off that like water off a duck's back they can't they they can't get in there with that that's when Satan brings out the big guns that's when he goes to the extra level of deception and he he will bring the big guns and believe me just like jesus said you will you will be persecuted you will be knocked down you will you will it will happen
1: elijah is a good uh, example of that he prayed for no rain and then he prayed uh, and he and he spent some time with the widow of Uh, feeding him and then he goes and he uh, calls uh, Ahab sent out to find him and uh, then he went to him and they went up on the where they went to uh, worship and uh, do that sacrifice he had those 850 prophets had all that victory and then he heard that uh, Jezebel was going to kill him, and he ran. And that's what yep. that's what you're talking about. In other words, total victory. Everything going good, and then Satan brings everything towards you. So, so where where so his weakness
0: his weakness was obviously women. He was afraid of a of, of a of a dangerous or an angry woman. He that that filled that him did. with fear because when he took on 850 men he was dancing <laughs> around he was mocking them he was calling them out he was having a good old time that's right but the second it was a woman he he the the, the spirit of fear struck that's him right. right in the heart and 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 believe me satan makes it his business to know that's your right. weakness
1: that is exactly right
0: he not only knows your weakness, but he knows your father's weakness and he knows his weak- his father's weakness and his father's weakness mm-hmm. before him. Because you're going to have a propensity to be weak in that area. Yeah. And he's going to
1: test you. He's going to find out. Yeah, the, the stronger I've been in the Lord is when I've been knocked down the most.
0: Amen. That's right. In verse 9, it says, And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except that it be for fornication, and shall marry another, they commit adultery. Okay, so whoever divorces their wife and goes and marries another one, they've, they've committed adultery. Except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, commits adultery. And whoso marries her, which is put away, doth commit adultery. So when I got divorced and I went and married my wife, I committed adultery. And when my wife married me, she committed adultery. We both, we both, we married each other in sin. We actually brought additional sin upon ourselves when we, when we got married. But, but we didn't know God's word. Neither one of us knew these things in God's word. And the moment that I understood God's word, the moment I understood God's word, I repented for it. I asked God to bless my marriage. I went and told my wife what we had done so that she could do, deal with it however she wanted to deal with it. And then I turned around and called my mother and said, Mom, I want you to know that what happened there you have committed adultery, <laughs> you know, and and we need to repent for it right now. We need to repent for it right now. i I called you up to pray with you because I want us to repent for this right now. We have to set this right with God, and we did. Well, mom, wanted... mom said, Mom said, Read it to me, and and I read it to her, and I remember she said, Well, I, I never knew that. I I never looked at it that way, and I said, "And I said, but Mom, what does it say?" And she said, "You're right. You're right." And we prayed for repentance. We prayed a repenters' prayer. uh, We prayed a prayer of repentance Mm -hmm. right there together for what we had Mm -hmm. done, because we had brought iniquity upon our family line, and we both knew it when we read God's word. We were convicted, just like the Book of Acts says. We were struck to the heart. When we read it, we were cut to our hearts. Now, God can meet you on the road when you hear his word and you repent. Man, I'm telling you, God has God. That's when God, he, he's liberal with the grace. Boy, is he liberal with the grace. When he says, oh, look at my child. They saw my word and look at that repentance. Okay, you're forgiven, and wait a second, I'm going to bless you on top of that. You know, just because you've made me so proud. He loves us. He loves us. But when you see God's word, when you hear God's word, and you know that you've done wrong, you must, you must repent. It must be dealt with. If you do that, God can do anything with you. And his disciples said unto him, If the case of the man be so with his wife, it's not good to marry. In other words, his disciples said, Well, if this is the case, if I can't divorce a woman, what good is getting married? You know, it's obviously it's a bunch of young guys, right? It's a bunch of young guys, and they're thinking to themselves, Wow! So I'm going to marry a woman no matter what she does. I can't leave her. That's ridiculous, Jesus. That's ridiculous. I I can't do that. It's better that we just don't get married. And Jesus answered unto them and said, All men cannot receive this saying, save they to whom it's given. In other words, he said, all men cannot, cannot, this, this, when they hear these words, all people all people, and because I, I don't like to use men when when we're all on here, because I want it to cut to your heart. I want everybody to have a personal experience with God's word. So this word, this word is people. All people are not able to receive this law, this word, this rhema. Not everybody is able to receive this and be cut in their hearts, be convicted of this as the truth. Not all people are able to do that. Some people will hear this and it won't affect right. him at all. He said unto them, not all people can receive this saying, save they to whom it's given. So if it cut you, if you were convicted by it, if it cut you in your heart and you knew that you have a repentance issue to deal with, then you know It was given to you. It was given to you. That is not by your own power. That is not by your own understanding. That is not by your own sense of goodness or your good heart. That is a gift of God that he gave it to you so that you have the ability to go and repent. You know Why? Because he loves you because he wants you to close that door on Satan. Because as long as that door is open, Satan has a legal right. To get hold of you and to destroy your life in the area of relationships. And also
1: your whole family.
0: He will. He will destroy your whole family. He will destroy your marriage. He will destroy your children's marriages. He will destroy everything he can because you have left a door open and given him a legal right to do so. Don't believe me? Go to Leviticus. Read chapter seven through eleven. All about marriage and what the consequences are. If you break your covenant of marriage. You will open up the door. You will give Satan a legal right. He will come after you. And he will get all that he can. Because he aims to kill, steal, and destroy. And the number one thing he loves to destroy. Oh yeah. that's
1: That's the foundation of everything that God works with.
0: Yes, that is the number one thing he loves to destroy,
1: and he is a master at it. And that's the thing that uh, Henderson was talking about going before the courts of God. We, yes. we have to take that before the courts of God and and uh, get it taken care of. We have to repent, and then
0: we go and we pray, and after we have repented for that thing and we have said it right and we have sought forgiveness then we go before the courts of god and we break every assignment that the devil has against our family and against marriage and against relationship that is that is who we are as christians that if we cannot go before god and repent for what we've done if we are too proud to repent then we will live in an arrogance that will be visited upon our children and their children and their children's children. Don't believe it? That's right. Read God's word. Just read the book. Don't believe it? Uh, read God's book. Read his word. Go back to the Mosaic law. See where God laid down the parameters where he taught mankind his natural laws. He taught mankind the natural laws. He said, look, this is the parameters. This is the way things work in the spiritual realm. And if you violate these things, these things will have consequences in the natural realm where you're at. He loves us. And that is why he tried to teach us all these things. Careful. Don't stick your tongue in that light socket. That's why he
1: talks about the third and fourth generations.
0: Yes, he does. And he tells them straight out. I will visit that iniquity upon your children to the third and the fourth generation. And guess what? There is some iniquities, there is some iniquities that if it is not dealt with and broken from the family line, that those iniquities will stay with your family line forever.
1: I'll tell you what, I believe that with all my heart.
0: Amen. But he said unto them, All men cannot receive this say, saying, save those to whom it is given. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb. That means there are some people who don't want to get married. They're okay like that, and they live like that. But there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men. That means there are some people out there who have mutilated their private parts. And there are some eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. In other words, there are some eunuchs. There are some people who said, this thing makes me sin. If I, if I am a sexual person then I will fall into sin. I have to cut that out of my life. Uh, it, it's not that, that if, you know, I know that if I get married, um, that it's not sin to, to have conjugal knowledge of my, of my spouse. But if I participate in sexual activities, I am unable to control my lusts and desires. And I know that those things will spiral out of control and the thoughts and the desires and the things that I will go after will control me and they will be evil. They will be lusts. I cannot control them. And therefore there are people in this, in this world who cut off, who cut off all conjugal knowledge, all Uh, relationships that are physical because they know it is they they have a propensity to be trapped in the wicked and i will and i'm going to go further with this tonight right now while we're recording and i'm going to say that is where homosexuality is that is where homosexuality is if you know that satan has an ability to tempt you in this area that it will cause you sin and blasphemy against god then it is your job, it is your position at that point, to cut it off. If your eye sins, pluck it out. If your hand sins against you, cut it off. Right? If you cannot control those desires, if those things are consuming you, if those things are running amuck in your head, cut them off. Cut it off if we play with fire we will get burned being tempted is not a sin i want to clarify that for everybody being tempted is not a sin every one of us has been tempted by things jesus was tempted jesus was tempted the bible tells us jesus was tempted in every sin every kind of temptation that could affect us, Jesus was tempted. So if being tempted was a sin, then Jesus would have sinned, correct? But we know that he never sinned. So there you go. Being tempted is not a sin. It is when you take that temptation and you act upon it. When you take that temptation and turn it into action, when you condone that temptation, when you entertain that temptation, when you feed that temptation, that
1: is when it becomes sin.
0: All right, Dad, I'm done. Okay. Sure.
1: Good message. Father, we come tonight thanking you, Father, for this lesson. Thanking you, Lord, that you're so, so faithful to us. And that your grace, Lord, is new every day. Thank you, Father, that you love us so much that you're able to forgive us, Lord, when we repent. And, Father, we know, too, that that's where this nation stands right now. You said, if my people will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, I will heal the land, Father. Lord, this is a serious matter. We're full of sin, Father, when we neglect even your word. We're full of sin, Father, when we walk not according to your will. Lord, help us tonight to grasp what you're calling us to do. It's not a hard life. It's a precious life. So, Father, you ask us to do nothing that we cannot do through Jesus Christ and the leadership of your Holy Spirit in our lives. And I lift our family up to you tonight. Lord, I pray for Gwen. I ask God your manifold blessings over her. I pray, Lord, that you will strengthen her body, strengthen her mind. Lead us, Lord, in being touched by you, Lord, and walking in obedience. I pray, Lord, for Sky and Maria. I ask, Lord, your manifold blessings over their home. Lord, I speak shalom to them. I pray for Jacob and Braden. Lord, ask your blessings over their lives and their walk with you, Father, that they will learn early in their lives what it means. I lift up Tannis to you, Father. God, correct his way. Draw him back to you, Father. Pray for Aaron and Elise. Ask God that you bless them, guide them, bless the work of their hands. I pray your blessing, Lord, over Olive. I ask you to bless her tonight. Just ministered to her in an immense way, Father. I ask you, Lord, to minister to John. God, we pray your covering over him, that you will remove every obstacle that Satan has put in his way and captured him, Father. We ask God that you will just touch his life. I command that he be, I I bind the evil that has come against him in his health. I ask you God to touch him. Thank you Father for our the day you've given us thank you Lord for your beautifulness to us I pray Lord for our churches I thank you Lord for the message that Sky heard uh, today father I ask you to bless this man I pray for our nation I ask God that you would bless her our, our leaders Father And, Lord, remove those who are obstacles to the healing of this land. And we just give you praise, Lord, right now. I pray, Lord, that you will confuse this enemy so bad that they cannot make a right decision and will stumble and fall. I ask you to bless our president, Father. Just touch his life. Give him strength. We just give you praise, Lord, for all that you're doing in our country, Father, today. For we pray these things in Jesus' sweet name. Amen. Everybody be blessed. Amen. Be blessed. Good night, family. I love you. you.